Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class. A short Bible study every day, just about 13 minutes long, easy to fit into our busy and daily schedules and routines, but it gets us into God's Word, and that's important because faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. We will encourage you to help people in your life people you know who need to turn their thinking and their focus in life around. They need to start thinking about their soul's salvation, about their relationship with God. Share these short studies with them every day through Facebook friends, text messages, other technological means. But with your family members, your friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally everybody you can every day. You may help somebody turn their life around and get to heaven. What a great blessing that will be for them, but it will also be a great blessing for you. So make that commitment and start sharing today with everybody you can and every day. We're going to begin a new line of thought and study today. We're going to be talking about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Of course, the gospel is the message that God sent his son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to bring from the throne room in heaven all the way down to humanity here on this earth. The gospel. The word means good news, gospel, good news. <laughs> if we want to think about it as uh, good news from some particular physical perspective, we could talk about the gospel being good news, if we want to use that term, in relation to food we like and to relation to company that we keep and experiences we have and so on. But we don't really use that word in those kinds, from those kinds of perspectives and with those kinds of applications. The gospel, that word has come to be used virtually completely in reference to the message of God through Jesus Christ that pertains to our forgiveness and redemption and salvation through him as our Savior, the gospel. The Apostle Paul wrote in Romans chapter 1 and verse 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. Now, that particular phraseology right at the end of that verse, for the Jew first and also for the Greek, means for everybody. Because from the Jewish mindset of that particular day and that culture, there were only two classifications of people, the Jews and everybody else. And so they were variously referred to as Gentiles or Greeks. Sometimes they would get rather pointed and say barbarians or heathens, but they were talking about everybody other than Jews. And so when Paul says the gospel is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek, he's saying for everybody. And there is a significant understanding in that in that particular wording for the Jew first and also for the Greek. Jesus was sent to this world as the Savior to first bring that message of the gospel of salvation to the Jews. He came, he was born physically into this world, into a Jewish family. And so his mission was to go to the Jews and give them the gospel message because they should have been waiting for the Savior to come to this earth. They should have been looking forward to his presence to his coming into being because they had all of those Old Testament prophecies 
particularly Isaiah chapter 53, pointing them toward the Savior, telling the Savior's going to come. God's going to send a Savior for mankind. And so he was supposed to come to the Jews. They had all of those prophecies. They had all of the Old Testament scriptures. They were already believers in God. But most people, most other people in the world did not believe in God. They worshipped idols of various kinds, statues, images, carvings, and so on. But the Jews were supposed to be ready for the Savior to come. And so when he would bring that gospel message of salvation, they could embrace it, they could obey it, being baptized into Christ for the remission of their sins, and they could begin spreading that gospel message to everybody else throughout the world. To all of those who had yet come to believe in God, they needed to learn about God. They needed to learn about their Savior. But unfortunately, when Jesus came to the Jews first, they should have been that springboard through which the gospel would be spread to all of the Greeks, all of the Gentiles, all of the other peoples all over the world. They they largely rejected Jesus as their Savior. How sad that was. God had been preparing them for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years for the coming Savior. And when he came, when God sent him, they, by and large, the vast majority of them, rejected him. And such is still the case today. Now, the gospel, it contains the power of God to lead people to salvation and to change their lives in fundamental ways. And that's, how we, that's what we want to focus upon in this particular uh, series of thought and study, how the gospel can change a person. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 18, the apostle Paul wrote, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. The foolishness of the cross. Interesting. Verse 21 says, for since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom, that is through its own wisdom, worldly wisdom, did not know God, it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. Now, what is the gospel of Christ? What is that gospel message? If you want to just say, what is the gospel? I have been rather amazed at how many people who are supposedly Christians, who call themselves Christians, believers in God, believers in Christ, don't know how to answer that question. They don't know what the gospel is. Well, the Apostle Paul, again, he spelled it out for us in succinct terms in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, beginning with verse 3. Just a few verses. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died on the cross according to the sins, that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures, and that he was seen by Cephas, then by the twelve, and then he was seen by over five hundred brethren, of whom the greater part remain to the present, but some have fallen asleep. Now, if you go back to verse 1, Paul begins that chapter by saying, Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel, which I preached to you, which also you received, and in which you stand, by which also you are saved, if you hold fast the word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. And then he spells it out. The death, 
the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's the gospel. Jesus came as man's savior, sent from heaven by God to bring that gospel message, that good news of forgiveness and salvation through him, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. He died on that cross to bear the guilt of the sins of all mankind. He was buried in that tomb. He literally died physically. He was literally buried in that tomb. And then on the third day, he literally arose from the physical dead and appeared before hundreds and hundreds of individuals over a period of the next 40 days. And then he ascended back to heaven, the death, the burial, the resurrection died on that cross to bear the guilt of our sins of all mankind for all time, buried in that tomb. And then when he arose from the grave, that demonstrated that what he did on that cross was absolutely effective. He bore the guilt of our sins. He died to pay the price for the guilt of our sins. It also it also verified that everything he taught and everything he claimed to be while on this earth for those 33 or so years was absolutely true. He was sent by God. He is the Savior to this day and until he comes again on that final day of judgment. Everything he said, everything he claimed, everything he taught is God's will. Boy. What, a, what an incredible demonstration. When we look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, and we want to turn over there and read quickly verses 3 through 5. And here the Apostle Paul writes, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, that is, of this world, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to obedience uh, to the obedience of Christ. We need to understand that our most basic struggle in this life is not physical. It's not climate change, it's not wars, it's not violence in the streets, it's not collapsing economies, it, it, the list could go on and on. Our greatest challenge and struggle in life is spiritual, not physical. And Paul tries to lay out there, for those who have become true Christians, we walk in the flesh, we still live a, a, a physical life, but we do not war according to the flesh. Our main war is spiritual against the devil and all he tries to throw at us to bring us down into sin and pull us away from God. We need to understand sin is our biggest problem. Sin is the biggest problem for mankind. Now, understanding that, we need to realize that through the gospel message, we can be transformed the Apostle Paul wrote in Romans 12, beginning with verse 1, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, 
which is your reasonable service, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The gospel message, while we're still living this physical life in this physical world, can transform our life by helping us to understand that our main focus needs to be spiritual and not physical. We need to be looking toward heaven and eternity with God. The gospel message carries that instruction. It helps us to understand what we ought to be focused on and how we need to stop being all caught up in the affairs of this world and be preparing for eternity in heaven. We're going to stop right here and come back and continue this study next time. Let's pray. Father in heaven, help us and help people everywhere to open our eyes to see that this world is temporary and that we need to be getting ready for and focusing upon eternity with you in heaven. Thank you for offering us this wonderful blessing, Father. Praise, glory, honor, and thanks be to you. Please forgive us, gracious Father, and hear our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.